everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Power Athlete Radio featuring The Crew, where a former pro football player, a D3 all-star, and a guy who peaked in high school use strength and conditioning as an excuse to talk about everything but. Now here's John, Luke, and Tex. Drive on. Kick the wheels right before the hammer strikes to make sure the levels fall from low. I got them girls shining oh so bright. What are we going to talk about today? Happy New Year, John. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Tex. Happy New Year, dude. It's been a week. I am still hungover. <laughs> well, he's still in like, you know, like there's the... I I think 2020 was so draining that I think people are going to just extend Say the Happy New year. new year for a year. Yeah, for a new year. Be like, Happy New Year. At least it's not 2020. I bet you this will be a record... I'm going to have to talk to my booze boys. I bet you this is record-setting New Year's Eve... Uh, booze purchasing i did because things are going to be shut down like everything's going to grocery so for those of you who are not aware of the booze industry there's like liquor store uh grocery and bar like those are like the three well i'm I'm also talking specifically about illinois because that's all i really know but those are like the three branches of business in these and then also in illinois like the unions have this it's so crooked like booze is so crooked in chicago shocker yeah yeah but the point is my buddy is in grocery. Would you say it's as crooked as a polling booth in Pennsylvania? Ooh, dun, dun, dun. dun yes. Dun, dun. Probably more so, to be honest with you. Well, well, what's funny is when that whole thing came out about Philly, I'm like, I lived in Philly. I'm going to go with probably something shady went down, <laughs> which uh, which is really the people in Philly's like greatest, right? Like, hey, yeah, we did it shady because we're Philly and that's how we roll. Yeah. You, you got a problem with that? Yeah. You got a problem with that? You guys, I'll meet you over at Tony Luke's. Anywho, John, I bet you the world record in America for grocery store alcohol sales and liquor store alcohol sales is this year, New Year's Eve. Uh, So my mom read an article. This is hilarious. My mom called me yesterday because she wanted to check to see um, because she read an article that talked about uh, like drinking has increased like in the modern age, I don't even know when this modern age, she's like in the modern age. And I'm like, well, what, like in the 1840s, they didn't drink a bunch. But she's like, is, since they've been like, kind of like monitoring this stuff, there's been more alcohol consumption happening within this last year than they've ever really recorded. That will happen. And so my mom wanted to know, like, how much are you guys drinking? And I'm like, I don't know, like none. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, but I mean, should we? I mean, yeah. I, I asked her, I'm like, it's, it's 8 a.m. in California. Are you having a martini? She's like, no. Yeah, I guess we got to catch up with the times. The rookie numbers. We got to bump our numbers. Tesla's got a new tequila. Did you see oh, this? yeah. I did hear about Overcharging that. Overcharging for, it's like worth one stock. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Huh. I saw that a, a couple weeks back that he, he did some, lim- some uh, like micro-batch tequila. He moved tequila. out here to Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. They packed everything up. Well, ladies and gentlemen, happy new year to you all. I'm Luke. I'm John. And Tex, $250 and- a bottle of oh. Tesla tequila. Mm, it's in. And it, it looks good? like it's in a thunderbolt. It's out of stock. It's got to be better than the Rocks tequila. Oh, I'm, oh, that's the number one selling. Number one selling tequila. Now, is now it what? selling because it's the Rock or because it's good? Listen, tequila? John, no one needs your witchcraft. Exactly. <laughs> oh, uh, it shows the amount of influence oh, that he has. Dude, right? It's 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 unbelievable. He attaches to something like. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I, be, I bought it. It worked. Well, we had that episode of Brew yeah. with the Crew. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And you guys are like it's the best. I'm like, it this was is the best. Awful. Still is. I haven't bought it since. <laughs> It's not good. Uh, it's not that bad. Is yeah, it? it was fine in a margarita. Yeah, that's the oh. thing. What? $1,000 on eBay uh, for the Tesla, Tesla tequila. tequila yeah. Oh, good. So you're going to buy three? 
Yeah. Happy checkout. Happy log- me. Happy you. Happy birthday for the next <laughs> 10 years, guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to hit the hotline. This is a crew episode of the premier podcast in strength and conditioning. Ing. Ing. Uh, the number to the hotline is 929-464-464-0. That's right. 929-ing-ing-zero. That's how you get a hold of us. You can text us. You can leave a voicemail. Today's caller has a question on plyos. Mm, Bring it up. Fire it up. Here we go. John, Luke, Tex. Bonjour. Bonjour. Good day, sir. Um, I am asking about an old, old quip from an old, old episode. I think it's number 16 or so. uh, When Luke uh, gave us his plyometric program for amateurs. Oh, uh, Jesus. I think right around Power Athlete Radio 16. Now. What? What utility does that program still hold? What has that turned into? And if I were to try and integrate my own into one of your programs, how would that look? Uh, Thank first, you, sirs. Bye. I'm imagining. So here's what I'm imagining, First John. of all. You, the Power Athlete Nation, wrangles <laughs> me up. They take me into a dark cellar and start waterboarding me. And they're saying... Tell us about the plyo program from episode 16. I would have no idea what they're uh, talking about. I like <laughs> we're all dead. Yeah, no. I, like like the um I do uh, remember Ingo no, but I do remember Ingo B followed it. I think I might have turned it into a blog post as well or it's in the uh, show notes. You know, the um plyometrics are really interesting like uh you know, they uh, you look like, it up. I'm looking at it. Up. Okay. So whether like uh, uh, at Power Athlete, we're really big about like recruiting fast twitch muscle fibers, right? So the way you recruit fast twitch muscle fibers is with heavy weights. You know, even though the weights are moving slow, you're still having to have max recruitment, uh, sprinting. Relatively and, slow, John, yeah, to yeah, like potentially light yeah. weights. Okay. You know, uh, using pencil acceleration, sprinting and plyometric type movements. So uh, the plyos really, what they're really focusing in on is, is that stretch shortening cycle. So the idea of using like a dynamic movement and relating that to like violent contractions. So um, how do we use it? I mean, uh, in all the power athlete programs, we're going to use some form of PAP, which is called post-activation potentiation. Also, Caldeets calls a French contrast, which we use as well, where we do something heavy and then it's followed up by something dynamic. Mm-hmm. And we take advantage of that, uh, you know, heavy movement, fast twitch motor recruitment, uh, fiber type. And then we do something dynamic as a way to get the CNS to fire and to utilize those muscle fibers. So I think plyometrics. So what's an example? Then? Uh, so let's just so, do. So, so for example, like, hey, like we have a heavy back squat and then I need you to give me three like max. A, this, uh, like a trip. Like a triple uh, or five? Or? Sure. It could be like a single triple, whatever it looks like. It's just got to be heavy enough. So let's say we drive a single. So you give me nice, high quality work, big single, and then you immediately transition over. And I want to do uh, three broad jumps back to back, each tying in and working on the dynamic nature of being able to okay. get some uh, you know, horizontal displacement. Uh, we use them with box jumps. We use them with shin hops. Um, we'll do you know lunge jumps with a switch. Uh, we've done some, um, you know, band assisted kind of rocket jumps. Uh, you know, there's a million different ways to attack it, but I really think that, um, strength programs, especially used with that kind of PAP French contrast, I think work better, um, than, you know, just some of the standard plyos because I think it creates a better environment for them. What text? It was episode 11. What's pulling wrong up show notes guy? now. The, I remember, I remember the idea of this was the, was trying to break, 
I think, break out of the paradigm of high rep plyometrics as a training stimulus. Well, uh, which you you can use like filthy fifty, right? You do fifty box jumps in a minute. It's um, that's not like plyometrics. No, the purpose but, of that is just conditioning. Yeah, and and the problem is is that you're using a lot of like uh, um, elasticity within no the program. joints and the and the ligaments. And I think you really set yourself up. I mean, if you look at all of the plyometric movements and you go back and you read Verkashansky's work, who, you know, is really kind of the the father of that dynamic movement, uh, everything is done for like high quality, short rep, uh, or I'm sorry, uh, smaller rep, you know, short duration, extremely explosive, lots of rest, and really within a, um, you know, a detailed training program. The other big uh, consideration for when to start plyometric movements comes with strength. So they don't really do a ton of uh, plyometric movements until you can kind of reach a mastery level, which usually starts somewhere around two times body weight back squat, because now you're strong enough to protect yourself. So what happens all too often is we get um, younger athletes who aren't strong enough to to, uh, protect themselves and put them in these kind of dynamic movements and a ton of plyometrics. And then it just leads to a lot of injuries. And yeah, that's a good point, John, because what you're leveraging in plyometrics, body weight plyometrics is the ground reaction force of your body weight hitting the ground, which then you have to redirect inertia, which is going to be a multiplier of your body weight two to five times, depending on height and and a number of things. So you need to like, you need to have, you need to have that base level of strength to to be able to redirect, dampen yeah. and redirect. The program was on the forums in the old, old, old website. That's where I, I think uh, we dropped it. And this was when Sprague, I think, was Callie there? Sprague, Ben, and maybe Callie and I found a plyometrics manual that was in a three ring binder in one of the bookshelves at old, at not old Balboa, new Balboa. Yeah. And we followed it and like adapted it to CrossFit football. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And I think that's when this was this episode, I, but um, I'm so I'm dying to know what the hell I said. Nobody knows it's mm-hmm. lost to history, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I think going forward, um, you know, when people start to like, Hey, where do plyometrics fit within my program? I think we do some form of, uh, you know, jumping. We do some form of squatting pull. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it looks like an athletic training program. Uh, are we going to see a ton of ply, uh, uh, plyometrics on Jack street? Not really. Maybe some um, depth pushups to explosive rebounds. Right. Pap like, type stuff. Yeah, pap type stuff. But for the most part, like putting like a dedicated plyo program into the training because we're using this concurrent model, mm-hmm. um, there's a definite real place for it. And so, so I like to do it within the confines of that pap training, not necessarily putting like a dedicated sprint plyo day together. Tex and I was, man, a year or two ago, we were talking about what if we just snuck sprinting into Jack Street somehow with like skip plyo type work, how could that theoretically help these guys get like, it would definitely get them stronger because it's changing stimulus and coordination. Mm-hmm. I think just jumping rope. Mm-hmm. Totally. I think like, um, um, some of the best conditioning I've ever done was on a box, was on a, a heavy bag and, and jumping rope. Mm-hmm. So I think mm-hmm. there's real benefit in that as well. Man, I want to, I'm trying to really think back to this thing text and I remember Ingo did it as written, I wonder, he probably still has it. Written oh, of somewhere. course. He probably still I mean, is he doing it that, today. He found that CrossFit football sticker. I randomly got a yeah. Facebook tag from him. Yeah. And yeah, uh, his training books. Mm-hmm. He's still, uh, I do have our old school collegiate template p- programming plyo guidelines. 
and how we integrated it into a template. Okay. And controlled volume and intensity for people. So, but our audience was high. Uh, yeah. When we were, we had to pull people back right. from the other end of the pendulum because yeah. the audience at that time, you know, don't jump. The, like within, 50. yeah, within the CrossFit paradigm. For a warm up. The, the box jump was either a one RM or it was 100 reps. There yeah. was no like. But it was <laughs> only a one RM if you went to the explosive seminar. <laughs> exactly. So like. And then you just pay to watch. Yeah, we just had to. Box we had jump. to put. We had to put some some safety yeah, there was a, parameters in for folks uh-huh. because it was like you know. Yeah. We could be get, getting homework assignments with box jumps that was like five rounds, fifty box jumps, <laughs> one RM squat, and you're just like, what? what the, yeah. No. I mean, uh, programming is interesting. It's like, uh, and, and I think you guys have seen it. If uh, you never do the programming, it's like a chef that never eats their food. Like you don't really know whether or not you know everybody leaves and they everyone don't loves it. cilantro. Yeah. So they just throw it in. But I think I do with a lot of Me this too. stuff, man, especially the plyometric. What I found was. Um, the most detrimental thing to plyometrics is poor quality. Mm-hmm. So for example, uh, if, if I squat something heavy and I'm not in good enough shape to be able to do something dynamic, it doesn't like help me to do a poor job. So the more and more I get into the plyometric stuff, I, I start understanding that there's like a high neural component to executing the movement with perfection. So like, I think all too often when we saw a lot of the plyometrics or what would be dubbed plyometrics was more conditioning in the CrossFit circle, like the quality of the movement, which just wasn't yeah. very good. Because fatigue. Fatigue. Yep. Yeah. And so the problem is, is you don't want to have fatigue and weakness be your like limiting factors in mm-hmm. plyometric movement. And the only time you're doing plyometric movements predominantly when are under those things. Yeah. Now there probably is efficacy in introducing in dosing uh, the fatigue component, but I'm, I'm still not, I'm thinking of sprinting though, right? Like not with plyometrics cause it's just, well, we, we take the same volume and intensity approach right. to plyos as we do sprinting because we understand just like sprinting. If I have poor technique and I start to lose my position and fight too hard, that's when the hamstring injuries occur. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same with plyo, but it's a little bit higher risk because we are, higher off the ground than our sprint technique. And rather than a hamstring pull or a tear, we're looking at a calf pull or tear or an Achilles rupture. Sure. Mm-hmm. So the risk is greater in plyo. Tex, what's the date on that podcast? The date on, oh. I'm going to do a quick Gmail search to see if I can find <laughs> this program. The date on that podcast, episode 11. I bet you there's a trash truck. Hold on. I, I closed it out. Oh, okay. Then never mind. I thought it was in front of you, man. Sorry to keep. Well, bless. well he's Googling. Well, yeah, Just Google take, episode 11. Continue your thought. Anyway, so we, when we teach sprinting and provide this tool to coaches to then apply, we break it into volume and intensity. So two different styles of execution of our sprints. The volume is designed to challenge your sprinting technique under fatigue. And we have this window based off Charlie Francis's work that is avoiding what we call the no man's land. So this is more of a tempo style conditioning and we know it's a volume if there's a set rest, a work to rest ratio. Say we are running 100s and it takes us 15 seconds to execute that 100. 
And then we're going to work to rest of three. So we would rest 45 seconds and then execute the next next rep. But these are not all out world record 100 meter runs. They are at 75 percent. So 15 seconds is probably that's that's pro athlete 75 percent. Anyway, so there's a set rest within that. And we have anywhere from 10 to 12 reps on our excuse me, 8 to 12 reps in our sprint. Carry over now these guidelines to plyometrics our volume plyometrics, we have a total. So we cap now the total reps, just like our sprints of 10 to 25 total reps in clusters and sets of three to five. That's where we see the, uh, the three RM or the, uh, the, the pap work that John talked about. You're going to see this three sets of box jumps after you do your squat. So that's an example of the application of some volume. Now with our intensity, our intensity sprints are standalone. We have a, a range of reps, four to seven reps, meaning they're going to execute as many as they can that day that they're still moving fast. So if at rep five, they slow down from rep four, we're calling it a day. And now taking those rules over to our plyometrics, our intensity, this is a total less than 10 reps, but we're not prescribing a specific number because we're going to pull back and stop if they lose their power, their explosivity. And then our rep count is anywhere from one to two. This is where you'll see these plyos in a program stand alone, not necessarily combined with another lift or certainly not in any conditioning practice, but stand alone because we're working on the skill of jumping. And then we encourage within our program you select one primal movement, which would be a squat, a step, or a lunge, and then one plane of motion per day. So the next time the plyos come up, you select a different plane to be explosive from. An example would be a, a frontal plane movement are our lateral skiers. So that'd be a step up primal movement, but then we're hitting the, the frontal plane left to right. That would I, I pick that for a volume day personally uh, versus an intensity, but you can can do intensity. And then the next time our plyos would come up, we would pick a X, which would be think of a broad jump. And then I could choose the sagittal plane. So I'm going to jump as forward as I can. That'd be an example. So every time plyos come up, we're not overdoing it. We're selecting one lower body primal movement and one plane of motion and either volume or intensity. Pretty good. Asked and answered. Yeah. So that, but like how many different plyo movements infinite are there? Yeah. I mean, you can do bilateral. There's, um, you know, different front, you know, we can do, let's see, bilateral, unilateral. You can do frontal plane, sagittal plane, transverse plane. Uh, we do a ton of stuff with the plyometrics, especially with the med ball. Mm -hmm. Uh, med balls are upper body plyos. We use a lot of, uh, you know, other movements. Those would be great volume. Yeah. Uh, GPP Mm -hmm. variations. So, and and that would be an example. I, I do want to close with this non-contact plyometrics Mm. med ball work. That's a great example of non. So it's the same action that we would expect of our athletes. Say I'm landing from a change of direction or lateral skier, my lateral med ball work. It's the same uh, slow down dampening action that I would expect with the lateral plyo, but I got a med ball as I'm rotating towards my side. That's me slowing it down. And then I'm 
exploding out just like a wood with a lateral skier, but my feet don't leave the ground. If our athletes are recovering from injury or we just want some volume conditioning, we're not going to do 50 box jumps. We're going to do 50 med ball right. work and we're not leaving the ground. It's a great way to teach change of direction and plyos without the the risk that we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. And I guess what I was baiting up there, John, as I was searching and could not find that freaking post, I'm dying. I got to search and find it. The, we'll find um, it. Uh, is plyos. Oh, interesting. Plyos align with the primals and with the planes of motion yeah. and with the volume intensity bands that you're talking about, Tex. And there's like, it's not as simple as, it can be as simple as just jumping around, but it can be as, it can have panache <laughs> by really dialing in the patterns yeah. and planes and using those to determine volume, intensity, and dosing. Well, right? the the uh, the biggest thing, especially with the plyometric movements, is like reducing foot contact time. You talked about it earlier, oh, yeah. using that, that shortening cycle. You know, as you go jump, and um, I think for a lot of times people think like box jumps are just kind of like the plyometric movement. Um, I like testing, and I like using the box jumps, um, especially like using them with dumbbell weighted box jumps. Oh, yeah. But um, you know, there's other ways you can do it too. Like um, I always like kind of the single leg Bulgarian split squat kind of jumps. You know, where you're, you know, you set up a dumbbell and you get to the bottom and you pop out and you try to get your foot off the ground and then load back into it. So, I mean, there's different ways to attack this thing. I think it just really comes down to uh, the three P's. You know, is it is it practical? Is it prudent? And is it purposeful? purposeful? purpose? Yeah. Right. So we know the purpose, but is it practical? Can you do it? Is it prudent? Should you do it? And I think if you can just err on the side of those three P's with the plyometrics, you'll... Uh, be so farther along mm-hmm. if somebody's like hey we're gonna do depth jumps by you jumping off of the roof and you know you're either gonna get faster or break your leg sign let them up. go first yeah don't do it <laughs> sign me up there you have it ladies and gentlemen plyos explain thanks for listening that caller thank you for listening since episode 11 dear lord oh, he's he's been with us a long time yes god yes. bless you mm-hmm. and for many of the other listeners who've been here the whole long haul thank you leave us a review tell your friends let's grow this bad boy but that's all we have for today, ladies and gentlemen. If you have questions. We have answers. We do. We do. The hotline is open. Text, is it hot or cold out there? Uh, Depends the on where you live. Uh, the hotline's hot, but it's cold. Yeah. It's going to rain. Ladies and gentlemen, 929-464-464. 929-ing. Ing. Zero. That's right. Give us a call. Leave us a message, and we'll get back to you. Bye. Now it's time for you to empower your performance. Head to PowerAthleteHQ.com backslash training to choose from a number of programs to meet your specific performance goals. And if you like to break a mental sweat too, visit Academy.PowerAthleteHQ.com and become a real stakeholder in you or your athlete's success. Until next time, bye!